On this episode of Lockdown White Sox, we talk about why the White Sox need to spend on premium talent this offseason. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Sox. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. We are free on platforms like Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us at Lockdown Sox and you can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. It's the end of the week. TGIF. It's Friday, January 21st. 2022. On Monday, we have the mailbag. You could call in at 312-566-8727. That's 312-566-8727. Or you can write in at LockdownSox at gmail.com. We already have two emails in there. Two. We don't get a lot of emails. And two different people, two new people, I think, or at least, you know, semi-frequent writers have come back. So that's really cool. So we got two new people. And you might have heard how I said back there, and you might be Thinking that my voice sounds a little bit hoarse. Uh, I was at the Casey Musgraves concert, you know, uh, on my high horse. Uh, there you go. Took the girlfriend, you know, Christmas present. Yeah, I'm a good boyfriend. Thoughtful. Just got to say thoughtful, right? You know, Casey Musgraves, one of her favorite artists. First concert we've been to since COVID. And I got to say, you know, music's been a, a big part of my life a little bit. And uh, yeah, I cried. First song. And the lame part, not even first song of Casey. It was the opener, the first song. And you know what was really annoying? I kind of forgot about the whole Doors thing. I was like, and not the Doors, not the band, the Doors, right? I thought forgot about Doors opening. And I was like, oh, Doors open at 7, so we should leave at 5.45. Uh, no. Uh, and also, it doesn't take that long to get to, to the United Center. I thought there was going to be a lot more traffic. I'm sitting out there at 6.40. There's 20 minutes till Doors open. And my little ditzy head is like, oh, you know, doors open. That's going to be when the first band goes on. Uh, yeah, they didn't go on until 7.30. So we were killing time in the United Center. And I don't need to take you through the whole, you know, concert or anything. But we had a good time. It was very cool. And I, I recommend, you know, go to a concert if you haven't. Because you never know when things will change. They might never. So that was a little bleak. But <laughs> it was cool. <laughs> But that's not why you called. You didn't call to see if the concert was cool or not. You called because you are a White Sox fan looking for White Sox content. And that's what I will provide to you on the rest of the show. We're going to be talking about Dylan Cease's new agent. Dylan's got a new bag. Not yet, but maybe. We're going to be talking also about a little bit more of the park factors. I understand that, you know, I've been getting into it with Kyle Schwarber and stuff, but there's other players that benefit from it, and it is the best hitting catcher in the American League, Yasmani Grandal, and I'd love to talk about that. And then finally, we're going to we're going to sneak in a quiz because there's there's been a lot of talk about the lack of spending the White Sox have done on premium positions. Obviously, you know, not going out and get Bryce Harper, not getting Manny Machado. And when they have spent money recently, it's been on the you know cheaper positions, relief pitching, Liam Hendricks with fifty three million dollars. That's you know a very large contract. Well, it's a very large contract for the Chicago White Sox. And they signed Yasmani Grandal, four years, 72 million, you know, in 2019. But catching is, you know, that's a position that's not even going to give you or you'd be lucky to get 130 full games from them at catcher. It's a very difficult, strenuous position to play. And it's great to have Yasmani Grandal back there. I'm not complaining 
But also, I don't know, let's look at the Phillies who have JT Realmuto uh, and Bryce Harper, right? You can spend at that catcher position and also go out and get those bigger fish. And again, this was you know stemming off of Mark's call from Wednesday. The White Sox just don't have a propensity to spend. And after I recorded that you know Wednesday pod on a Tuesday, I went over to the Good Guys Talk Back podcast. Nick Murawski and Pat Hester, they did a fantastic job, asked me fantastic questions. It was a great conversation. I would really recommend you go and check that out. But we talked about the White Sox not spending premium money on premium positions and There's recent news that has me very worried. You remember back on December 15th? You all remember December 15th. It's your favorite day of the year. And back on your favorite day of the year, December 15th, I spoke into existence that I thought Dylan Cease had the best odds on the White Sox or best chance on the White Sox in 2022 to win the AL Cy Young. You know, I'm really excited for the guy. I think 2022 is going to be a big year. Felt like he started figuring out his mechanics in the back half of 2021. Felt like he really had some true confidence in himself, something I haven't seen while he's been in a White Sox uniform. And you got the, you know, true production. I mean, he was in the second half, the guy when it came to striking out guys, uh, when you look at it as a rate stat, right? He didn't have the innings up there, but he was fifth from August to October in strikeouts in the American League. And all the other guys were over, I think, 80 innings in in that stretch. Dylan Cease was about 50. I think Dylan Cease was striking out about 13 guys per nine innings. So obviously, you know, I know people have written in, people have concerns about can he go deeper? Can he stop extending innings with walks and just not attacking hitters? That's going to be the big question, right? If he does start doing that, if he does start attacking though, we know that he's going to get insane results. And I think he's starting to know that. I think he's starting to get that confidence. I mean, again, August to October, the stuff was there. I think he understood the power of the stuff and the stuff gave results. And now when you get results on the field, you then try to go get results for your wallet. And the news is Dylan Cease hires Scott Boris. I know it's terrible news, right? Horrible, horrible news for the White Sox. It shouldn't have too much immediate effect on the team. Cease isn't going to be a free agent soon. I think the earliest that he can become one would be after the 2025 season. So there's no need to immediately panic. Now, there are some immediate concerns like, all right, well, it does seem more difficult or more unlikely that Dylan Cease and the White Sox would come to a contract extension before he hit the free agent market. And especially, you know, only in 2022. So he's got about four years uh, until he hits the open market. So the White Sox don't have immediate pressure to need to change or go out and react to this news. But it's well documented that they don't like dealing with Scott Boris. And the reason why would just be, again, their propensity not to spend money. What Scott Boris's job is to do is to get money out of you. It's just not a good marriage. And that's absolutely fine. But let's just real quick, because James Fox is a fantastic White Sox mind, fantastic White Sox author. And he wrote this back for SouthsideSox.com in November of 2021. And he mentioned that, hey, maybe the White Sox big addition could finally be from the Boris Corp. Maybe it could be Corey Seager. Maybe it could be Chris Bryant. Maybe it could be Nicholas Castellanos, Michael Conforto, Max Scherzer, or Marcus Simeon. And obviously, Carlos Rodon is in that mix as well. We can look at the first person that we know that they've had contact with. They didn't even reach out to Carlos Rodon. They didn't extend the qualifying offer. I don't even know if they wanted to deal with them. 
Boris said they wanted a multi-year offer for Rodon, and I don't think the White Sox wanted to give that out. So immediately shows you right there that the connection isn't too great. And, you know, maybe that's injuries that they're dealing with. Maybe it's not just Boris, but they still didn't choose to deal with them. And since some deals were signed in December, we can cross the names of Max Scherzer, Marcus Simeon, and Corey Seager off the list. So the only Boris clients left that would be available to the White Sox to sign would be Chris Bryant, Nicholas Castellanos, and Michael Conforto. And I know some people would really love to see Castellanos in a White Sox uniform. I know I mentioned that I would love to see Chris Bryant in a White Sox uniform last year. And I know that probably the biggest target the White Sox have for a consensus for right field would be Michael Conforto. So this is still a big crop. The White Sox are able to pick one of these guys out of this crop. That would be huge. And maybe they can finally put to bed the whole, you know, Scott Boris being the boogeyman of the organization. And really, you know, scouring all the rumors and everything that we've heard since the offseason, I haven't heard the White Sox connected to Chris Bryant, and I haven't heard the White Sox connected to Nicholas Castellanos outside of fans wanting to see those two players on their team. The only person that we have, I think, some legit rumors on the White Sox having interest in is Michael Conforto. So again, if they get one fish, maybe they can get rid of the narrative that Boris is the boogeyman. But if they're not able to get a deal done, they go bargain bin shopping because they couldn't raise the price tag on a Michael Conforto, then White Sox fans will be utterly pissed off. And if Scott Boris is the boogeyman of the Chicago White Sox, then Dylan Cease will not be a White Sox for a very long time. Well, I guess, you know, four years is a pretty decent amount of time. He won't be a a lifer, which is okay. You expect that from teams who think they'll have a very long window. If you have this much talent, a, a very successful window that's already given you two playoff appearances, it's just going to be, from a salary cap standpoint, tough to keep all of those guys on the roster. And I know I mentioned a salary cap. I know baseball doesn't have a salary cap, but when have you seen the White Sox spend over a certain amount of money? There is a cap. There is an unspoken cap on the White Sox. And that's why I don't think they're going to be breaking out the checkbook for Dylan Cease long term, but they can break out the checkbook for Michael Kopech and Lucas Giolito. If they believe in their future... Both of those guys, I believe, are not Boris clients. So if you do want to go spend money on premium pitching, don't let the two that are currently on your roster get away because now it's going to be very hard for you to keep Dylan Cease around for that possible 2026-2027 window. Dylan Cease is telling you right now that the future is now for the White Sox and they need to start acting like it. And hey, hey, it's the future now. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. You want to eat healthy, but it gets so boring. By week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. And they have so many great flavors like coconut almond, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. My girlfriend, who sits on the other side of my closet, who can hear all of these podcasts, thought it was 10%. But no, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com.
It's Friday, TGIF. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I've already started the clock on the 10-minute timer. I have 10 minutes to name the 35 players that have the richest White Sox free agent contracts. We've been talking about it. We've been talking about them spending uh, premium money on premium players, and we're going to go through their history right now. First up, four years, $73 million on November 21st, 2019. We're going to go with Yasmani Grandal, the best hitting catcher in the major leagues. I said that he was the best uh, hitting catcher in the American League on the Good Guys Talk Back podcast. I'm very sorry. Someone on Twitter uh, did correct me. Uh, He is the best hitting catcher in the major leagues. Just wanted to throw that out there. Next up, 2019-2013, six years, $68 $68 million. And I'm glad this one is here because it is Jose Abreu. It's our guy, 2020 MVP. It's good to see Grandal and Abreu be one and two. I was about to say I wouldn't want to see any other names up there, but yet yeah, no, Manny Machado would look nice up there. Third on the list is from November 30th, 2005. I'm going to go with World Series hero Paul Konerko. He, yes, and Paul Konerko was down here in 2010, three years, $37.5 million. We got next up a signing from 2010. That is from December 2nd, 2010. Four years, $56 million. The big man, Adam Dunn, the donkey, we'll go with him. Next up, uh, December 21st, uh, 2019, we'll go Dallas Keuchel. Uh, November 19th, 1996, I think that's Albert Bell. He, yes. Uh, January 15th, 2021, four years, $54 million. That is our closing pitcher, Liam Hendricks. We love him. Uh, November, no, for some reason, I I like to think that uh, December is actually uh, the 11th month of the year. It's actually the 12th. Uh, It's always been the 12th, too. Uh, It's the 12th month of the year, 10th date, 2014, four years, $46 million. David Robertson, did he get that much money? Yes, he did. Hell yeah. Uh, 2014 again, same day, six days later. It's the guy who just retired, Melky Cabrera. He is. Um, Paul Konerko, we got already uh, December 8th, 2010, three years, 37 and a half million. Next up, we got 2014, uh, November 21st. I really, why can't I read these dates? Two years, 25 million. I have no idea. Two years and 25 million is kind of pathetic. No? I mean, we're not even on the other side of the list. And we're, we're two years, 25 million. That's not even 12 and a half. That's 12 and a half million dollars. And I think that the White Sox are going to sign Kyle Schwarber for 15 a year. It's a big dream there, buddy. I don't know who this is. I I tried Todd Frazier. (laughs) It wasn't Todd Frazier. Who else did they sign in 2014? I tried tried Samarja, too, and Samarja didn't pop up. Uh, Gavin Floyd. I don't know. John Danks. I know these guys weren't. I, but Paulie's on there, so I don't I don't remember if those guys went to free agent or not. Frank Thomas is on there. Uh, December 6th, 2002, Frank Thomas got paid three years, $19 million. He's a Hall of Famer. What are they doing? Uh, Jermaine dies on the list. Uh, that's December 9th, 2004, two years, $9 million. That's a steal. That's that's ridiculous. Uh, is El Duque on here? El Duque's not on here. Uh, Javier Vasquez was a trade. It was How about Jose Contreras? I don't remember if he was a trade or not. He was. This is brutal. Loaiza? Mm, no Esteban Loaiza. Uh, Bartolo Colon? No. When did we trade for Bartolo Colon? Was he not that expensive? Uh, AJ Pierzynski? What about when he came over? He came over. That was 2010, though. I mean, so they re-signed him. He went to free agency, and then they signed him in December. I don't know. Carl Everett? Who who did they sign? Who have they ever... Oh, I got to think just like recently. This is 
this is bad. Uh, James McCann, is he on the list? That would be a very expensive contract for him. Uh, no, he's not on the list. Like Sweaty Freddy? Sweaty Freddy Garcia, maybe? No. Uh, I spelled Gracias. That's not even Garcia. Uh, he's still not on the list. Believe it or not, I have like two minutes left on this quiz. Honestly, I'm out of ideas, so I think this is a good time to plug that the Good Guys Talk Back podcast will have a quiz date. I need to study up March 10th and uh, March 21st at the, I think it's Blue Island uh, Public House, or it, it's something like that. But it's in Blue Island, and I think it's the Public House. I'm just, you know, truly filling time. There's a minute and 40 seconds left, and I have no idea where to even guess. I got one guess, Sandy Alomar, 2000, December 18th. <laughs> Two years, $5.4 million for Sandy Alomar. Uh, Ray Durham, I don't know, man. This is this is not my quiz. 14 out of 35. I'm just going to end it early because these, these 40 seconds are not going to uh, help anybody. Adam LaRoche is the first name that popped up. And that's just not, those are not good vibes. Adam LaRoche, 2014, two years, $25 million. Then in 1996, Jamie Navarro, four years, $20 million. 2007, Scott Leinbrink, four years, $19 million. 2019, Kelvin Herrera, uh, two years, $18 million. Wellington Castillo, Jesus, 2017, two years, $15 million. Zach Duke in 2014. Jose Valentin in 2000, I could have gotten that one. Former All-Star Jesse Crane, I could have gotten that one. Jeff Kepinger, 2012. Octavio Dotel, 2008. 2019, Edwin Encarnacion, that one, that one I forgot about completely for good reason. Tim Raines in 93. 2008, Diane Vicieto. 2005, Tadahito Aguchi. I should have just started naming more you know, World Series guys. 2020, Adam Eaton, missed that one. Didn't even see that there was two 2020 players on there. Steve Ciszek is also on that list. Uh, just to finish this list up, you know, quick, Austin Jackson, Gio Gonzalez, Dustin Hermanson, Derek Holland, Dan Pasca, and again, uh, Adam Eaton. Uh, not a good showing for me, and I apologize. 14 out of 35, I got 40%. The average score was 35, so at least I beat that. And hey, maybe my mind's on something else. And we'll talk about it right after these messages from Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, and Bet Online has a new updated desktop and mobile website at betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. So again, go to their new updated desktop and mobile website, betonline.ag, to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit code by using promo code Locked On. Bet online, where the game starts. Before we get serious, I do just want to say thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And before we get serious, I do just want to mention that Josh Nelson is a great White Sox fan. And he had an article recently that, you know, just played right to my heartstrings. You know, you've been listening to this. White Sox have the best right field park factor for home runs in the MLB. And that's why I think that they should sign Kyle Schwarber. I think if they sign him, I think that he can hit 50 home runs in this ballpark. And Josh Nelson just recently penned an article called Guaranteed Rate Field is a Weird Place to Hit. 
And this is from January 20th, 2022. And I just want to read this one little part to you because it does just go into the reason why I want the Sox to sign Kyle Schwarber. He says, Josh Nelson, this is, the perception is that guaranteed rate field is a hitter's paradise, but it's mainly true in just one regard, home run park factors. And he goes on and gives the listing for, you know, park factors for singles and doubles and triples. And, you know, the White Sox rank very low, 28th, 29th and 27th in those stats, respectfully. Now, I don't want to give away Josh's article here. Go read it. Go give him a click. Go give him a link and, and a read on this. Because he has great info on like why Kendall Graveman would be good at guaranteed rate field, why that might be a good signing. But I'm worried about the lineup. And this is one thing that Josh says. He says that if there was one batter to clone, it would be Yasmani Grandal because the G rate has the third highest park factors for walks in the MLB. So they have the first highest park factor for home runs and third for walks. What does that mean? You know, like Josh said, it means clone Yasmani Grandal, but where can we find a clone? Eh, clones are a little bit unnatural in the world, but the closest thing I think that the White Sox can find is in Middletown, Ohio's own Kyle Schwarber. This might be my final pitch for Schwarber, but the biggest takeaway from this entire episode with the Sporkle quiz of highest White Sox free agent contracts, and I couldn't even guess half of them, and maybe that's on me, but the White Sox don't go out and spend premium money on premium talent. I mean, Paul Konerko popped up twice on that list. You've had him since 1998. He doesn't count as a free agent signing. I see it as a technicality. That's a White Sox player that went to free agent to get a market and then just bring the deal back to the White Sox and get the highest deal he could. Maybe I wasn't paying attention enough when Paulie hit the free agent market because guess what? I was never worried that Paul Konerko was becoming a free agent and leaving the White Sox seemed like kind of a deal that he was going to stay here. But the White Sox need to go out and sign big talent. And one of those players that would thrive in their ballpark is Kyle Schwarber. He hit the 10th most home runs for outfielders last year. And let me tell you this, I'm looking at the whole thing, looking at the entire list. There are two players in the top 25 of outfielders from last year, both American League and National League that are in the top 25 for home runs with under 120 games played. Again, Kyle Schwarber is 10th with 32. Jesse Winker, 2021 All-Star for the Cincinnati Reds, was 24th in home runs with 24 with 110 games played. So again, Schwarber played in 113 games and hit 32 home runs. Jesse Winker, 24 bombs in 110. That power is premium. We talked about cloning Yasmani Grandal because of the walks. The White Sox have the third best park factor when it comes to walk, according to Josh Nelson's research on SoxMachine.com. For outfielders, you look at outfielders for walk total. Kyle Schwarber is the only outfielder in the top 25 for walks last year to play under 120 games. This guy is elite. He does what this team needs to do, and he does it from the left side of the plate. I know this is wasted breath because of the lockout, but it's what White Sox fans are talking about. And that's what the conversation with Nick and Pat from Good Guys Talk Back told me and taught me is that this is what fans care about right now is how is this team going to get better? And I'm excited to take you through that journey. And here's where we're going to get a little bit serious. And I'm going to try to keep this brief, but I'm, I'm absolutely taking a trip to Middletown, Ohio, if the White Sox signed Kyle Schwarber. There is a monument there. Other Sean, who's a, a transplant White Sox fan, started off in South Bend, is now in Ohio. He worked in the city building that the monument's there, and he described it as a monument to Kyle Schwarber. 
He sent in a photo. I will share the photo on Monday, um, but I'm going to have a lot more free time to you know take trips out to Middletown, Ohio if the White Sox signed Kyle Schwarber is because I quit my job. Hey, there you go. After working as a producer at 670 The Score for two years and eight months, I am turning in my headset. I bought them myself, so I'm, I'm, I'm using them right now, actually. We just don't have, you know, things we turn in. There's not a lot to producing. We just kind of show up and press buttons. But my time at The Score is over. And I just want to take some time here to say thank you to everyone at 670 The Score. I have such vivid memories of going to baseball games in Oaklawn and getting there early and waiting in my dad's car, listening to Terry and Dan do who you crapping. And I don't understand why they didn't love that bit because eight-year-old me thought it was the greatest thing ever. People called in because they were mad. And then if they didn't do it the right way, the guy on the radio got mad at them. It was very entertaining. And I never got the opportunity to do podcasting or radio or television in high school. We didn't have that yet at Brother Ice. They do now, which is great for them. But my first experience to radio was in college. I worked at WXAV, St. Xavier's own. I was the music and sports director, the only music and sports director at the same time at that radio station, which was very cool. I was there for the 25th anniversary. So that station's been there for a long time. And the score was my dream. I put a plan together based off of Nick Shepkowski's LinkedIn page. I saw that he started at 670 The Score as a promotions assistant, then worked his way up to a producer, then got full-time producer, and then, you know, started hosting on 670 The Score. And I was like, oh, you know, it's doable. And Lawrence Holmes, Matt Spiegel, those guys started at producers at 670 The Score, and they were able to work themselves up to higher positions. And I really felt like the, the pathway was there. And, you know, a lot of stuff happened from my time there in 2019 to 2021. You know, one of the cool things was working with Matt Spiegel on Hit and Run. Like I told you in my introduction pod that baseball's always meant a lot to me, but I, I fell out of love with it at one point. And working with Matt Spiegel every Sunday, 9 a.m. to noon, absolutely rekindled my love for baseball. And honestly, I can't talk how much, you know, Spiegel, Parkins, Holmes, Haw, Bernstein, Rahimi, uh, Molly, Connor McKnight, you know, uh, Julie DeCaro, Joe Ostrowski. I'm forgetting all the names because I've worked with so many hosts. Mark Grody, Steve Rosenblum, Bruce Levine, my Bears guys, Jeff and Tom. Like I, I have worked with so many names that I didn't think I'd ever have the opportunity to work with. And that job made me feel so cool. I never had a nickname before in my life. I never had a nickname in grammar school, high school, college. I have a pretty easy name. It's three letters, Sean. Some people try to call me Andy to shorten it up, but if you're just going to use a three letter name, just use Sean. It's easy. Some people add Shawnee, which I always thought was funny because it just make it, it just makes my name longer. You know, I thought nicknames were whole, you know, shorthanded. Shawnee extends the characters of my name. But at the score, I was the phenom. And as a 20, I think I was 21 years old when I got that nickname. As a 21-year-old working their dream at their favorite radio station, which to me means a lot. I know your favorite radio station might not mean a lot to you, but it meant the world to me. And the fact that I got to work there and the fact that it led to this is amazing. Tanny and Herb are the two biggest people I need to thank because they believed that I could take this over. I believe I can take this over. And I'm very excited to talk White Sox with you. I'm very excited to put my full effort and passion into this project. 
I think you could tell now, and I, I mentioned it earlier, that I was a little bit out of it uh, during this podcast, and I've been out of it for a lot of podcasts. But I got to say, my last day was on Wednesday, and there's definitely some regret on leaving, but the two feelings I'm feeling the most right now are pride and excitement. I'm proud of the community that Herb and Tanny and I have built, and I am proud that you want to keep it alive. Like I said earlier, we have two unique emailers for Monday. I'm excited about that. We get to talk to new people. And if you want to talk to me, 312-566-8727, or you can write in at LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. My thoughts have been scrambled for a while, but hopefully they become more clear. And I am so excited for Monday. I'm so excited to share my thoughts with you on the White Sox. This is the coolest job I've ever had. I get to create my own momentum. I get to be my own boss. And I get to take this show in the direction that I see fit. And I want to take it in the direction of being the best White Sox podcast available to you. So I better get working on some ideas. You might have some. Again, Monday is the mailbag. 312-566-8727. Or you can write in at LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Thank you for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. I will talk to you on Monday for the Monday Mailbag, here on Locked On Socks.